You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. You made it. Come on, tell everybody that's watching online. Tell them good morning. It's good to see you. Glad you could tune in. Our friends all over the world, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're on Facebook, if you like what you hear, click that share button. That means a lot to us if you wouldn't mind or watch you use your social media influence to promote the goodness of God. It's gonna be good for you. Before we get started today, I wanted to say on behalf of everyone who had a, um, who had and this is kind of difficult, but those that had a Valentine's Day, not like the one that you had, but those that are widows and that have lost their spouses, we, through your generosity, were able to make this Valentine's Day something special and show them that even though you may not have your spouse, you've got a church family that loves you. I wanna show you some pictures of people, just some of those that were very grateful and wanted to say thank you. And so we made their Valentine's a very, very special one. You can applaud that. Thank you for being a generous church so that we can do things like that and bless those that are having a, a, a worse week than you, <laughs> believe it or not. So uh, grab your Bibles, if you would, Hebrews chapter six. We're gonna continue on with our series called Anchored. Somebody say anchored. 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 What do you hold on to when life gets tough? What do you hang on to when the storms of life come? What is your anchor? And specifically this week, we're gonna focus on the anchor for your family because every family walks through storms. You may have come here today believing uh, the lie that your family is the only one that's jacked up. Let me just tell you, (laughs) you're wrong. It's not a competition. That's what we say right here. It's not a competition to see how crazy your family is versus mine. It's not. But here's the thing. I think it's important that when we look at our family and we try to project our family and, and lay it in comparison to other families, it's important to go back to what does God's word say? Because this is where we find our strength. This is where we find our anchor when the storms of life hit. Now, your storms may look different than my storms. We may not have the exact same names, but I guarantee you, I've had storms, you've had storms. We've had to walk through in my family horrible times of of sickness and scares and miscarriages, divorce, addiction, anxiety, and depression. Yet you thought your family was the only one that was screwed up. No, all of us have issues. All of us have had to walk through tough times, the affairs, bankruptcy. But the most important thing is not how big those things were, but what do you anchor yourself to when you're walking through those seasons? What do you anchor yourself to when, when, you're, when your spouse has a DUI? What do you anchor yourself to when the affair happens? What do you anchor your family to when your children have different ideas about gender than what you were raised to believe? What do you anchor yourself to when, when, when sexuality is different with their generation than it is with yours? What do we anchor ourselves to in that moment? And the better question is, did that anchor work? Because in those moments, we have to go back to the authority of God's word and say, okay, Lord, what does your word say? And how do I hang on to it? Because my family doesn't look like what I think it should look like. I need help. I need real help. I don't need pop culture uh, shenanigans. I don't need slogans. I don't don't need feel good stuff. I need the truth. What do I anchor myself to in these moments? What happens when when, when churches hurt families? What do you anchor yourself to? What happens when you lose your job? What happens when someone that you thought would always be there is no longer there? 
What do you anchor yourself to? And let me just tell you, hey, every family has those moments, but not every family comes through them better. This is where most of us fall apart because we don't know the truth of God's word and how to anchor ourselves to something that is stronger than our will or our opinions. So I think it's important when we're looking at, at our own families and we're, wa- we're walking through storms, it's important to go back and see what God says to his family that was walking through a storm. And this is what we find in Hebrews chapter six. God begins to remind them of his promises, of his goodness, and he gives them the anchor that all of us need. That anchor was hope, hope. And so it's this, this if you're looking uh, in this Hebrews six, it's starting in verse 13. It says this, when God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself. He says, I swear to me. And he says this, I will surely bless you. I will give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Now people swear by someone greater than themselves and that oath confirms what is said that puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. When it says the heirs of what was promised, it's speaking about us. God wants us to understand who he is. He wants us to be able to trust his word. We're the heirs of his promise. And it says, because God wanted to make his purpose very clear to us, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, and we who have fled to take hold of that hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. You're walking through a storm. He said, I've got some encouragement for you. What is that encouragement? He said, I'm gonna give you hope. And I'm gonna back it up with an oath. I'm gonna swear to myself. He said, and that hope is gonna be an anchor for your soul and it is firm and it is secure. When you're walking through rough seasons as a family, you need something firm and secure to hang on to. Now in those moments, I don't like that that God says, I'm gonna give you hope. That's because I don't understand what hope is according to God's word. We understand the word wish. (laughs) I wish things would get better. I wish they would see it my way. I wish they would just behave like I think that they should behave. Come on, somebody. I wish that they would just do what I think is best. No, God says, I'm gonna give you something better. I'm gonna give you hope and help you understand where to put that hope. So I wanna give you three anchors today, anchors according to God's word that we can hold on to when life gets crazy in our family. When things don't turn out the way that we think that they should turn out, what do we hang on to? And according to God's word, if you're a note taker, you might wanna write this down because I know this to be true. Either you just walked out of a storm or you're about to walk into a storm. You're gonna need something to hang on to in these moments. Here's what we hang on to. Number one, here it is. God sees our future and God is good. God sees our future and God is good. I need just one person to say amen. Amen. This is true. God sees our future And it's not that the circumstances are good. It's not that the situation is good, but God is good. And if I can put my hope not in that everything's gonna change, but that God knows exactly what we need and I can trust his nature, that he is always good, then in that process, I find hope, not in my circumstances, but in him. You see, we have this idea in our heart that if, I, if God would just make everything perfect, then I would trust him more. And God's like, no, 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 I need you to trust me more and I'll show you that my ways are perfect. I'll show you things that you don't understand when it doesn't make sense. I'll show you how to trust me. God sees our future. God sees the future of my family and he is good even when I'm not good. 
We have a tendency as well to think that when things go wrong with our children, especially with, with things of, of gender and, uh, and sexuality, when, uh, when we see uh, sexual sin, we have a tendency to blame ourselves. Well, if I wouldn't have done that in high school, if I would have made that mistake, then my kids wouldn't have to walk through this. I want you to see that God's, God's taken the, the, the spotlight off of you and said, why don't you bring it back to me? Instead of trusting in your goodness or your badness, trust in me. And God says, I swear to myself that I will take care of you. I swear to myself that I am good. There is nothing gooder than your God. It says this, that God confirmed it with an oath. God made a promise. God swore by himself because there was nothing greater to swear to. I don't know about you, but we used to use that, uh, that term, I swear to God, in, in, in all kinds of ways. And generally, it wasn't that I was really trying to make somebody believe me, but I was honestly trying to just tell a lie. <laughs> so you say things like, hey, I swear that you know, to your little brother, your little sister, when you lick this nine-volt battery, nothing's gonna happen. <laughs> Do you swear to God? Say, swear to God. Swear to God? You swear to God? <laughs> yeah, I swear to God. <laughs> like, you swore to God. Like, I lied. I'm sorry. <laughs> But this is what he's talking about. It's like, hey, look, you're supposed to be able to just swear by something greater than yourself, and it's gonna put an end to the argument. God says, there is nothing greater than me. And when I say I swear to myself, you need to trust that the situation may not be good, but I am. You may not be good, but I am. Your children may not be doing the right thing. Your grandchildren might not be doing the right thing, but trust me in the process. I'm good, God says. God sees the future, and God is good. And that's something that helps us to anchor our family to when life doesn't do what we think it should do. You know, an anchor is there to keep you stable in the middle of a storm. It also keeps you from losing progress. You ever feel like you've been in a situation like we've worked so hard to get to this point and then something happened like, and here we are right back to where we started. It's three steps forward and 12 steps back. Come on, somebody, you've been there. You know what it's like. Like, wow, we, we just got ahead. And something else happens. We just got out of debt, and then we found out that no, we weren't. And this bill comes along, and we just got to the place where everything was fine, and then this happens. What do we do? You drop an anchor, and the anchor is in the goodness of your God. Not the goodness of your situation, but the goodness of God. And when, that, and when we do that, the Bible talks about when you can start trusting in the goodness of God, you begin to realize that even in the worst of circumstances, God can use this for my good. He can bring something through me and in me that produces something good. This is scriptural. This comes to us uh, from God's word in Romans 8. It says, and we know that in all things, God works together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So it's not really a matter of how good you are. It's a matter of how good he is and how much we love him. That's the test. Our response is just to love him. If I love him and I know that I'm called according to his purpose, then God can work out something good in this situation even if I don't understand it. And I love that in these moments that God makes promises and he backs them up, he guarantees them with his goodness. You know, we live in a society today where you have currency and there's all kinds of, of, of Bitcoin and, and dollars. And we've, we understand, those of you that have been working in finance, you understand that there used to be a time where every single dollar was backed up by a certain amount of gold that we have. We're at a place right now where you just print more. It's backed up by nothing. 
a hope, which is actually just a wish, a wish that this is going to be stable. It's a sobering thought, but is there any real substance to what you hold? No, no, there's no real currency anymore. It's just a number. It's just a and this is a tendency that we have to hang on to when life gets tough. We're like, okay, I'm going to hang on to a wish. No, God says, I guarantee it. What's the proof? He said, my goodness. I'm good. And I can work out something good for you in spite of what you're having to walk through. Anybody walked through a storm lately? Anybody been there? Lift your hand if you say, I've been walking through a storm. I'm there. Lift two hands. I see some of you. Some of you raised Pentecostally like it. Some of you are like, I was raised Baptist. I'm not raising my hand no matter what. It's okay. We will, we will get you at some point. We will take a vote on who the next pastor is, and you're going to raise your hand like, I got you. I got you. I finally got you. What happens when you're walking through a storm? What you're anchored to matters. So when I'm worried and when I'm anxious, I will anchor myself to the goodness of God. Lord, I trust that you're good, even though the situation isn't good. I trust that you're good, even though I don't like what I see, even though it's painful, even though it's hard. I don't like it. I don't understand it. I don't get it. But I know that you do. I know that you see my future, and you're good. Here's the second key, which is extremely important. I can anchor myself to the goodness of God. And number two, here's a great key. God's goal for my family is maturity, not perfection. This is really important for us to see because the world will tell you that, you're, that the perfection status of your family is the goal here. And we will lie about it on your social media. You'll post the highlight reel of your family. Look, we went on vacation and look, we're great. Not really seeing that the inside of track is that family's barely holding it together. If not for alcohol and a few mixed drinks, like we wouldn't be talking to each other. Like, come on, somebody, you've been there. Like this, this vacation that we went on, like we can't even pay for it. We're just hoping that people won't get up this morning and stab each other. We're just trying to hang by a thread. Come on now. But we're projecting that everything's perfect because we want everybody to see we've got the perfect family. We're doing well. We're blessed. We've got money. We've got love. Oh, my kids are perfect. Look how well-dressed they are. Please. You ain't fooling nobody. You're just as messed up as the rest of us. But here's the great news. Not only can God see our future and we can trust in the goodness of God, but the goal for our family is to not make us perfect, but to make us mature. Mature. God wants us to come closer to him, to start looking more like him. How do we know that? Because at the beginning of this chapter in Hebrews 6, the goal of the, the setup of all of this, this hope as an anchor talk starts with this verse in verse 1. It says, therefore, let us move beyond elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to, somebody say the next word, maturity. There's the goal. Let's move beyond just the baby stuff. God, just bless me. God, just fix me. God, just fix them. Let's start moving forward to maturity. You know, maturity happens in the storms. This is where we find out that God's really good and that he's worth hanging on to. Or maturity is this place where we like, I, I don't want that. I just want the blessings. I just, just, just give me a, a couple more zeros in my bank account and I'm good. I don't got to worry about nothing else. God's like, that, that's not my goal. My goal is to mature you. You may not like it, but it's good. 
And this lets off a lot of the pressure of us having to perform and pretend that everything's okay. We don't have to pretend to have it all together. And here's, here, here's, here's the key. Um, you can't make your family mature. You can't. No matter how much you argue, no matter how much you nitpick, no matter how much you point stuff out, I'm just trying to help you to, to mature. It doesn't work that way. You can't make your kids six foot four. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It, they're either going to be that or they're not going to be that. So I can't make people spiritually mature. I can't make my family spiritually mature. My family couldn't make me spiritually mature. What we can do is model it, model it, and create an environment for it. I can model it. I can create an environment so that when my children come to my house, they'll, they'll recognize there's something different here. There's the peace of God here. When my grandchildren come, they recognize, me, mom, papa, there's something special about their house. It feels right. I can't make them love Jesus. I can't make them live right before the Lord, but I can worry about myself and I can model it. I can let them see the blessings of God and the peace that comes with his presence. Why? Because the goal is for me to get more mature not for us to have this perfect image. Let me say it this way. There's no such thing as a perfect family. Only a perfect God that calls us to be more like him. Can you receive that? There's no such thing. This helps us when we're walking through a difficult situation to do crazy things. Like, I know this is crazy. Ask for help. Be honest. Be open. And you're going to find that other people are walking through it too. Other people feel that anxiety. Other people have had those questions. Other people have walked through there. This is why groups are so important for you to get involved in. Because you're going to discover that your family is not the only one that's messed up. And we can help you. And you can help us. We need each other. And God designed us to live in community with one another. Will it create friction sometimes? Sure. Is it embarrassing sometimes to talk about your family? Yes, I get it. Until you do it. Until things begin to change and you realize, wait a minute, we're, we're not stuck there anymore. For some of us, just the act of simply talking about it, of confessing it, saying, look, we're, we're struggling in this area. Anybody ever been there before? Have we, have we seen this? And someone's like, yeah, you know what? Yes, we were there yet last year. And I may not know what to do, but I know what not to do. Don't do this. That didn't work out very well for me. And at least you can eliminate some of the things that you know are not good practices. But you discover new ways of approaching it. When we get beyond this foolish lie that our goal as a family is to be perfect. No, it's to stay in unity and grow together looking like Jesus. And I can't make you mature, but I can model it and I can create an environment for it. Now, how would I recognize maturity in my family? How would I know that they're actually getting it and that they're working beyond just, just the, the elementary principles? How do I recognize it in myself that I'm maturing? I want to show you this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I want to show you this. Here's the key. I can recognize it by saying, okay, that storm that happened, not only did it not destroy my family, but now I'm able to use that to encourage a family that's walking through the same storm. That's a marker of maturity. When you can walk through something and help somebody else. This is one of the greatest lies that the enemy has told people that what you've walked through, you have to keep it a secret because people won't think your family's perfect. <laughs> no, no, no. We show people, hey, I walked through this and I want to help you walk through it too. Look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. It says, praise be to the God of all comfort. Your Bible may say hope. He's the God of all hope. Somebody say hope. hope. 
He's the God of all comfort. Somebody say comfort. comfort. It says he comforts us in all of our troubles. Why does God comfort you in your troubles? It's not just for you. It says so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves receive from God. So comfort is something not to just be received, but to be given away. And it's a marker of maturity when God's given you hope, when he's given you comfort, when he's given you encouragement, you give it away. You can't give it away if you're busy lying about the perfect status of your family. So here's God saying, my goal for you is to be mature. And I can recognize maturity when what I've done for you begins to get echoed in what I'm doing for other people. You become my hands and feet. You bring hope to somebody that needs it, just like you needed it. Here's the third key. And this may be the most important one, and we're gonna finish out with this today. Uh, I wanna make sure that you see this. So I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna say it, and then I wanna invite you to say it with me. And I wanna invite you to get it into your spirit. Here's the third key. With God, there's always hope. You say it. Now say it like you mean it. With God, there's always hope. With God, there's always hope. With God, there's always hope. God says, I swear by myself that my hope for you is an anchor. That when you put your hope in me, you can survive any storm. But it's a matter of what we put our hope in. And with God, there's always hope. So here's the key. How do I make sure that God's with me? How do I know that he's with me? Because it's easy to say, okay, Lord, my hope's in you, but how would you know? That's a pretty important question. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. So I'm gonna invite our worship team up here as we finish up today, because I wanna show you the most important thing. You know that God's with you when you start following the keys in his word that tells us things like this. He dwells in the praises of his people. That means the moment you start praising him, God shows up. There's another scripture that talks about us entering the presence of the Lord. It says we enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter his courts with praise. So not only do we invite him into our situation, but we invite him in by going into his presence as well with praise. And we can praise in advance of the breakthrough. We can praise God before the mountain moves. We can praise God before the chains break, before the prodigal comes home, before the diagnosis changes. We can praise God like it's already changed. And this is echoed over and over and over in scripture. The Bible clearly tells us Old Testament and New Testament. It begins to set the stage by saying, I want you to praise in advance. In advance. There's several scriptures that I want you to take a moment and look at. Psalm 42, David says, why is my soul so downcast? Why do I feel so bad? The theologians tell us that this is happening at a time where his son has caused a lot of issues and he's on the run. Talk about a family problem. He's like, my soul is so downcast within me. Why? He said, why am I so disturbed inside my spirit? He said, wait a minute, I'm gonna put my hope in God. I will yet praise him. My hope is not that things will change. My hope is in the goodness of God. And I'm gonna praise him until they do change. 
There's another scripture in Numbers 17. I don't have time to go there. But the children of Israel are begging Moses for water. We're thirsty. We're dying here. And God begins to speak to them and says, sing. They begin to sing a song that says, spring up, O well. They begin to sing to the sand. They're singing to the desert when they don't see it, when it's hot, when they're thirsty, when they're walking through a situation. They start singing to sand, spring up, O well, and the water comes. In the book of Isaiah, he said, sing, O barren woman. Sing, you who have never born a child. Burst into song, shout for joy. I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound like a situation. I want to burst into joy and start singing. And God says, sing anyway. And then he gives them a command. He said, then I want you to start enlarging your borders. Enlarge your tent. Put out your tent stakes. Why? Because I'm going to bless you. They're coming. The breakthrough is coming. But I want you to praise me in advance. Praise me when you don't see it. Put your hope in my goodness, not in what you see. I want to invite you to stand to your feet today. For anybody that needs a breakthrough in your family. For anyone that needs an anchor to hang on to because you're walking through rough times. This is that moment where you are invited into the presence of God. And you invite God's presence into your family. Say, God, help me. We need your hope. We need your help. We need your strength. I can't fix it. And I don't see it. But my response, Lord, is to praise you in advance of the breakthrough. Praise you like it's coming. And if you don't have anything else to praise God for, just sing his name. Sing that mighty and matchless, the powerful name of Jesus. That name that makes mountains move. That makes demons tremble. The name that breaks off chains. The name that is powerful. Nothing can stand against it. Nothing can hold it. He has no rival. He has no equal. Now and forever, he reigns over my family, over our problems, over our worries and anxieties and concerns, over our business. I want to invite you to come on and praise him. Come on, lift up his name. Come on, sing it out to the goodness of God. Right where you are, wherever you're watching from, would you begin to lift your hands and sing praise to your God? Come on, welcome him in. Sing it. And death could not hold you. Come on, declare his goodness.
believe that there has just been a powerful exchange that's happened. As you begin to praise God in advance of the breakthrough, the Holy Spirit shows up and begins to change hearts. Our God shows up in all of his strength and his power. He begins to move mountains and break chains and change situations that you could not change on your best day and with your best strength. That's the power of our great God. And I'm here to remind you today that you carry that same power with you when you invite God into your mess, when you invite him into your family, when you choose honesty and transparency and praise over worry and anxiety about your loved ones. There is a God that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or even think. You can't imagine the things that our God can do. And he wants to remind you today of his great strength. I want to invite you, would you close your eyes? Would you bow your head? I want to pray for you and for every single person that's walking through a storm. If you're walking through difficulties as a family, if you've got children that are away from God, if you're struggling with the sexuality thing in your family, I want to invite you right now to take a moment to open up your hands before the Lord. I invite you to open up your hands and ask the Lord to come in. Lord God, we need you. My family needs you. Our church needs you. I need you. I need your help. I need your strength. I need your peace. I need your peace. I hear the Holy Spirit speaking over you right now. Peace, 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 peace. Reminded of the words that Jesus speaks to his disciples, he said, my peace I give you. That's good news, it's not your peace, it's his peace, and it's a gift. It's a gift, receive it. With heads bowed, with eyes closed, I wanna speak his peace over you right now. Peace over your marriage. Peace over your children, your grandchildren. Peace over the children that you've adopted. I hear the Holy Spirit speaking right to my heart for those that have. Uh, I, I just, I just sense that that divorce was brought into the picture this week. I, I hear it really strongly in my spirit. The Lord wants to speak to you. He wants to give you hope. Your hope is not in that the other person can change. Your hope is in the goodness of God. Lord, I trust your goodness. I can't fix this. I can't fix him. I can't fix her. I can't fix the situation. I can't make my children be okay. But I can trust your goodness. And I can trust the fact that you see the future and that you're good. You're good. You're good. Father, I beg you right now, bring comfort and peace to everyone walking through that situation. Let today be a day where we can look back and say that was the moment that God showed up. He showed up. Lord, I thank you for what's coming. I thank you for the breakthroughs of those that are watching. Would you bless them? Would you strengthen them? Would you provide a way for them to experience all the best that you have for them? In Jesus' name. Everyone said together. Amen. Can we lift a mighty shout to our God one more time? Can you clap your hands and say thank you, Lord?
going to invite our elders and their wives forward. They're going to remain at the front for prayer for anybody that might, might need prayer. We would love to pray for you. For those of you watching online, if you have a prayer request, man, don't be afraid to send us a DM. We would love to pray for you. If you like what you heard today, please click the share button. We think that there's a lot of people in our world that need to hear the message of hope and what to hang on to when life gets tough. For everyone else, let me bless you and send you out today. Father, I pray that you bless my friends with an incredible week following after you, experiencing all of your goodness in Jesus' name. And everyone said together, amen. God bless you as you go. I hope you have an awesome day. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.